The following is not intended for younger ears, for ghouls and goblins will conjure your fears. Podcast hosts in search of listenership to justify their lack of censorship. Though you struggle to stay away, you can't help but shout, hip hip hooray, for no basic being can outlast two dudes, one podcast. Can you dig it? <laughs> uh, sir, uh, if you were an actual fan of the show, you would know the title of the podcast is actually Two Dudes, One Double Feature, not podcast. What? Welcome! Welcome, everyone, to Two Dudes, One Double Feature, the show in which two dudes talk two films, and that is about it. I am Dude One, Richard. And I am Dude Two, a mere mortal. Well, I am Dude One, the Great Pumpkin. Let's be honest. Fitting. Fitting. (laughs) I never appear. (laughs) I'd say that you're the complete opposite of the Great Pumpkin, then... Because you appear every week, every day of my life. How do you know? I could just be I could just be in your head right now. I guess. I guess <laughs> all sixty whatever this is the sixty this is fitting, the sixty sixth episode of this show. Sorry, I drank I drank water horribly. And it got to that point. Failed at drinking water, folks. <coughs> and I'm facing the, the punishment for it. Uh, choking is not funny, though, just so... Yeah, don't laugh at me. <laughs> like, listen, it's it's one thing for me to to, be, to just be like, yeah, choking's not funny. Then you're like, yeah, don't laugh at me, man. <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm laughing at. I'm not laughing at choking. <laughs> Did I make yeah. this worse? <laughs> this is man. We're already <laughs> off the rails. We're not even. We're not even three minutes into this thing. Oh, uh, but yes, welcome, <laughs> welcome to two dudes, one double feature. Um, this is what this is part four of the Halloween episodes this week. Uh, we've talked about werewolves. We've talked about uh, slashers. We've talked about. Um, uh, recombined corpses, you know, always good family talk, you know, stuff at the dinner table. And, um, today we're going to be talking about, um, another horror legend, uh, this time an actor, but before we get into that, how you doing, you mere mortal? Well, you know, uh, attempting to, to resist, uh, the thriller, but that's a whole other thing. <laughs> you know uh, what what have i been doing lately i I've been, i don't know i haven't seen you in a while actually it, it feels it feels like it yeah uh you know i, I i've uh, been doing all right i hung out with feehan the other day our good friend dr feehan we went to a couple places that i hadn't been to since before the pandemic started was that when you went to the best buy that's when i went to the best buy yeah okay and you said you were dis- as am i as well 
that at the the shortage of their physical media. Yeah, like, and this is an inevitable thing, folks, because you know, as much as you know, Richard and I purchase like a lot of physical media. You know, most people just don't. Yeah, it's kind of weird because I think about like I have this DVD rack in my room, right? And you can only use it for like regularly shaped DVDs, and that's a product you can't make anymore. Because mm-hmm. nobody buys DVDs. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's not, it hasn't even it hasn't even got to a point where like you buy it because it's vintage. Like VHS has gotten to that point now where it's like, oh, this is vintage. I kind of want this. Like, you know, nostalgia, reminiscent stuff. Whereas like DVD, you could still. The only way you can get a DVD is if you buy a Blu-ray. And even then, it's barely like barely of them are even including the DVDs anymore. That's true. That's true. Um, but like we're like more specifically with Best Buy, like it was like one big section for like new releases, and then a couple like little islands for like miscellaneous stuff. Where back in the day, it used to be rows upon rows upon rows upon rows of physical. Like I used to get Criterion discs at mm-hmm. Best Buy. They had a whole section, yeah, whole section. So to see it like that was dis- you know, it, it, it's to be expected. It's the sign of our times. But also... It breaks your heart a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I went to a couple other like fun places. I went to a comic book shop, Comic Crypt. And uh, I went to As you know, Asbury Park. The They have the, the groovy graveyard at the... Um, you know, over there. And I also... Kill Screen Games. Those are really cool places. Groovy graveyard's really neat. Like, they got a lot of, like, pop culture. Like, particularly like, monster stuff. A lot of, like... You can get VHS tapes, records... Some mm-hmm. comic bu- comic books, but no- it's not a dedicated comic book shop. It's more about like, hey, look, we got some like Dracula stuff over <laughs> here. You know, uh, it- it's it's one of my favorite plays. I actually picked up, I picked like you know like the Mego figures, mm-hmm. like the cause I used to have them, like World's Greatest Superhero. My my uncle uh, collected them as a kid, and he collects like the the remake ones as an adult. But um, I got uh, Cornelius from Planet of the Apes. Which is accurate. Uh, yeah, accurate. So accurate, I've been, on a, yeah. I've been on a Planet of the Apes sort of binge the last couple days. And uh, I picked him up as Amigo. And I got two VHS tapes. I got a sealed copy of Revenge of the Creature, which is the second film in the uh, Creatures in the Black Lagoon series. And I got uh, a, Yugi, a Yu-Gi-Oh! VHS tape. <laughs> Was it the VHS tape that they sent out in the mail? Mm-hmm. I, oh! I, yeah. Oh, I remember that. That was that was like such a random surprise. I I, I I distinctively remember getting that VHS VHS tape and going, I didn't order this. <laughs> like <laughs> Toys R Us just sent me something cool, and it's like Toys R Us wants to tell you about Yu-Gi-Oh. And then we were just kind of screwed from that point. Just nothing but Yu-Gi-Oh. We just bought cards all the time, and mm-hmm. but now it's really hard to get cards because of everything that has transpired the trading card game has got more intense thank goodness i don't partake in that much but you do and i apologize and i'm sorry for you yeah and even me like i haven't done too too much of my my cards lately but you know it's kind of sad because i think about like what if there's a kid out there who wants to get into this game and it's like they have to go online and spend like double or triple like the val the you know msrp on a set of cards and then also I was reading, too, that Yu-Gi-Oh! is increasing the price of their packs for the first time, um, at least as far as I can remember. Because they were three ninety nine for the longest time, 
and now they're I think they're four nineteen now. Oh, gross. You know, so it, that's a little um, it. But again, like that's a sign of the times and all that. But other than that, um, not not too much. I do just new new job stuff. Uh, just getting the groove of things. Uh, working on this podcast. Which guys, let me say. I just want to say this real quick. Like, I do enjoy working on this show with you. Yeah, and it's it is a lot of fun. But I have to say, these last couple of episodes, I think, are some of our finest work to date, as far as as our our film choices, as far as um, the conversations that go on. Um, you know, everybody aside from myself should really be proud of themselves <laughs> for the work they put into this. No, no, um, no, no. In, I, I, you should be proud of yourself too, sir. You do good stuff. You like. Like the only other person I would say that is as at like as actively active when it comes to like putting this thing together, um, with these last few episodes besides you is John, because yeah. on that note, not to transition from like giving you love to just straight up giving John love, which just happens in general, but <laughs> but I do love you, Joey. Um, <clears throat> I still got, I'm still dealing with the water situation. <laughs> uh, but no, John has been hard at work on um, the radio drama that we've been doing. Um, a- as of now, we have two episodes out. I mean, by now, when this episode airs, we'll have four, but he's been going crazy. He stayed up to like from 8 the previous night to 10 in the morning just to finish one episode, which, I mean, dedication, but get some sleep. <laughs> but... It came. It came out great. It it, it really did. Um, also, got to give a shout out to to Kenny on as that well. Part, yeah, as well. No, he's a major part. He's a major part of the team, honestly. And also, just um, uh, Wikey. I know this is like a couple episodes after he's appeared, but he was a really good guest. You know, I, I love all all the guests that we've had so far, and mm-hmm. Wikey definitely. Um, I, I could. I can't imagine that episode without him. Honestly, it it just was tailor made for him. I had to use it again. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, but anything else going on with you not really that that's all that's been going what about you uh well like i said it feels like it's been a while since we've done it's actually like close to mid-october now because like the last two episodes it was funny i was listening to part one of the last episode and we recorded it before october <laughs> what <laughs> that doesn't seem possible because like i just was listening to it and you said oh it's not even october yet and i'm like big pardon what do you mean it's not October yet? We broke the illusion! <laughs> but, like, it's just a lot of time has passed, and a lot of things have happened within that time period. Um, I do have an update on the PS5 story, which uh, you already know the story, and, and by now it's it's probably been over a week since I've, you know, been in, in this situation, essentially, but... Um, last episode I mentioned that I got the PS5 from Walmart and was waiting for the, pre- uh, I guess it's technically a pre-order to go through. And then when we were talking about it, you had mentioned, <clears throat> you had mentioned that you got your PS5 through Target as a pickup order. Funny thing that happened. Uh, <laughs> so this wasn't planned. This wasn't like, oh, I'm going to do it exactly like Joey. It literally just happened the way it happened. So uh, I'm scrolling through Twitter, and I kept the notifications on for the one Twitter account that I was using to like get notifications when stuff is available. 
and they had mentioned that Target was going to be getting some shipments of PS5s. And I immediately clicked on it. I already have an account with, with Target, and so I signed in. I kept hitting place order, place order, and it said, all right, your order will be ready in two hours. And I was like, huh? <laughs> what? <laughs> Excuse me? And so I, I literally left that day, and I went to <laughs> I went to Target, and I picked it up, and I walked out, and I'm like, this is real. This happened. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> and... And then not even not even that like I didn't stop there, because I could have just stopped there and just been fine with having a PS5 and then getting games later. No, I went out and I got a game. I got the the Miles Morales Spider Man game, which I liked. It's kind of the same as the other Spider Man game, but it's a good game, so it is what it is. Um, I also got a new TV. <laughs> um, a lot of this I used tip money for, so I was actually like able to afford a lot of stuff. <laughs> admittedly, nice. I do make good tips. So thank you to those nice customers that tipped me. Um, <laughs> so I got a new TV, a 4K TV, 43-incher, which is huge. Like, I'm looking at it right now, and it is a lot of space, admittedly. <laughs> um, and I already had some 4K Blu-rays, but I wanted to get more, so I've periodically been purchasing more, um, getting some movies that I thought would look really good in 4K and replacing uh, the Blu-rays that I have with them initially. So, like, like today I got... Uh, the Halloween 4K, which I know you got, the new one from Shout Factory, and Hellboy 1 and 2, because I wanted some Guillermo del Toro movies, um, and then I also have, like, a bunch of other ones. I forgot I had Total Recall. Like, I was looking through all the ones that I had, and I was like, wait, I forgot I had Total Recall. So, I have enough that I forget which ones that I have, basically. Um, so, yeah, I have this new setup, and I've been just going crazy, and honestly, this is the closest I've come to, like a full-on movie theater experience at home besides the screen besides the projector screen which is like you know a whole other level but just like sitting in my room and just watching a movie on this huge screen that's like probably unhealthily close to my face (laughs) (laughs) and i'm just like i'm leaning back and i'm watching batman 89 and i'm like oh god You know, with some of those movies, some of those 4K movies, some of them are so good. It's like watching that movie for like the first time. It so is. It so is like like, ugh. like um. Again, I'm gonna iterate this. Pacific Rim is Pacific Rim is probably the best disc that I own on 4K. It was one of the first ones I picked up, and it was the first one that I played on my TV. And I had, that was when I first installed the soundbar with Doctor Feehan and my brother Mike. The room was shaking. We were like <laughs> so unprepared. <laughs> colors, colors pop. It's man, it, it is insane. Sometimes it'll just pop on like the, the middle mm-hmm. of a movie. You know when they have that big with, with, with you know with leather leatherback and Otachi and they're fighting that. Oh That's, man, uh, the best scene in the movie for me. But you know, I need to get that one honestly. But th- so far, I think the best looking one that I have surprisingly is probably Batman Return or Batman Forever because. That you, I mean, you know, it's it's super colorful, it's super vibrant, and just like the way everything looks, like there's like even just like one like hero shot of Batman or like Nick Nicole Kidman walking in front of the bat signal, like trying to seduce Batman. You're like, I feel more seduced now watching it this way than I've ever felt. <laughs> <laughs> the seduction oozed through the screen, Nicole Kidman. You got to be careful with those powers. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it looked so good um so i'm just kind of going ham on that recently other than that 
uh work's just been crazy um really crazy honestly just a lot of changes but also just a lot of business and i mean business wise that's good you know we're making money i'm sure um but crowd wise it freaks me the hell out so that hasn't changed (laughs) but uh other than that no today was kind of a fun day because um some we 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 put together i'm not going to say what it is because you know we're still working it out a little bit and nothing's actually been recorded but i might as well hint at a little bit something something big's coming folks it's coming soon (laughs) this is this is so big i haven't even told allison yet will she find out before this episode i'm still debating on that You gotta oh, have yeah. uh, you gotta have some surprises, man. This is true. You gotta you gotta keep the you gotta keep it spicy. Is that what they say? It's like uh, um, uh, I'll never forget. Um, Robert Mitchum was in an inter- interview once. The great late great actor Robert Mitchum, and it was as you know he was married to his wife for a very long time. And I was like, how do how do you keep? They're like, how do you keep that going? Is like deviousness. <laughs> but you know i am i am nowhere near as uh as 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 sexy as robert mitchum but that's a whole other conversation. i mean i mean i don't know i would debate that i don't know man <laughs> you have eyes like <laughs> yeah i'm using them but i'm like hot damn <laughs> look at this look at this sexy piece right here man um, <laughs> was this check. professionally oh, curated oh. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, were you curated for the two dudes? Because this sucks. <laughs> uh, what? What's the episode about today? Well, okay. So, <laughs> Joey being sexy—that's what it's about. What's up, man? Ooh. How you doing? No mere mortal can resist the evil of. Joe Dinity, can you dig it? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so you know we we've talked about movie stars on here before, mm-hmm, plenty of them, plenty, plenty, plenty of movie stars on here before, but you know, so few actors are so associated with a genre quite like this one, you know. Like there's a couple people that are associated with horror, right? You, you immediately think about think about those people. Like you think about mm-hmm. you know Jamie Jamie Lee Curtis, but obviously Universal peeps like Boris Karloff, Bela Lugosi, Lon Chaney Jr., all those guys. Giving a shout out to Nev Campbell for the yes. for for the Scream anniversary. Yes. Plus, we just talked I, about it. I, I I set that one up so you can spike that. So there you go. Boom! Love you, Nev Campbell. Uh, yes, important to mention. And uh, one of the big ones. This is a this is a huge one that. I feel like in a weird way transcends generations. So many, so many things he's involved with is like timeless and people still listen to, even though some people that made those things are like problematic people. Uh, it's, it's a whole thing. <laughs> it, it, it is a whole thing, but I mean, you th- if you think about it, like, okay, so, so the, to finally say who this man is, Vincent Price. Oh, uh, I thought, I thought you were talking about someone else. Shit. Who do you think I was talking about? <laughs> Richard, do, do you know why we're here? I thought we were ordering food. You know, I was going on and on about how excited I was about the future of this program, about the future of this show. And See, you, th- I like to ruin it. I'm just, I'm sorry, I've lost in your eyes. 
<laughs> it's the water. I promise. <laughs> uh, Vincent, Vincent Price. Vincent Price. Vincent Price. Okay, this man, just just like so many, there, there's a lot of movies that he's been in. Okay, like there, there's a lot of movies where he's a leading man, but he's not a leading man. Like, hey, I'm Vincent Price. You know, hi, I'm here to save the day. I'm Vincent Price. No, usually he's like some kind of villain. Or some kind of... I'm going to ruin your day. Then I get mean. (laughs) But, I mean, mean, so many movies. Like, I'm just going to mention a few that, like, few, like, weird pop culture things Vincent Price has done over the years, right? He was in The Ten Commandments, that Cecil B. DeMille movie. He was in the Batman 66 series. Egghead! Egghead. Yeah. And that was my, that was not only my, um, that was my introduction to that series, actually, was that his episode. Was an Egghead episode? Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, I remember watching TV Land and seeing him. Um, he was in that. He was in. Uh, any of you ever seen the film? Uh, this movie, uh, Laura. It's a fantastic movie from uh, from the forties. Um, Otto Preminger, who also played uh, <laughs> he played Mister Freeze <laughs> on Batman sixty six. Uh, I will the I will say I gotta have my obligatory Tim Burton throw out. Yes, because yes, please. Um, Vincent Price was his favorite actor, and he made an entire uh, stop-motion animated short when he was at Disney called Vincent about a kid that wants to be Vincent Price, and it's kind of a it's kind of a sad little animated thing, but uh, it's very creative and interesting. It's one of my favorite things that he's done. Is is that is that short? Is that little short? And you could you could watch it on Nightmare Before Christmas uh, Blu-ray. Um, and he also, in one of his final roles, played the inventor in Edward Scissorhands. So, there you go. Like, he got to work with his hero. So, that's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. And then, other notable things, um, of course, we alluded to Thriller. Thriller! You know, in, in case you kids don't know, like, that voice, who, who's like, saying, no mere mortal can resist. Darkness no. falls uh, across the land. The midnight yeah. hour is close at hand. Yeah, that's Vincent Price doing that. And also, we've talked about him on this show before because he was um, he was in the Great Mouse Detective as Radigan. Mm-hmm. So this is this is this is his return and is in a big way to this is to the series. Uh, yeah, because I I remember thinking about when we talked about doing Halloween episodes, you know. This was your idea. This episode, I believe. This was. I. I will take credit for this idea. It is. My, it was my idea, because um, you know, there, there, there's definitely a lot of stuff that you you curate on this show because you know a lot about this stuff, a lot of horror stuff. But I love watching Vincent Price. I think he's a really just. Uh, you can't take your eyes off of him. He, he's such a unique. He's got a unique physicality and a unique voice. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, and. This was played up very well in the 1959 William Castle film House on Haunted Hill. There's seven of them now. Oh my god, Elijah Cook. <laughs> dead. There's seven of them. They don't like to be here. But they'll they'll still be here. <laughs> Ah, Joey! <laughs> We're having a lot of fun with this episode, folks. Um, House on Haunted Hill. House on House Haunted Hill. On... Yes. Um, um, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 there was a pause. It was weird. Did, did, uh, you had never seen this film 
before no. in its entirety, correct? No, I've always seen bits and pieces of it. Like whenever I would watch a documentary about Vincent Price, whenever Vincent Price would show up in something and then he would talk about like an old movie he was in, including this, and then you would just see like a clip from it. Like you would see the uh, the caretaker like on like making the face with the white eyes, just oh yes, mm-hmm. and then like the the one uh, what's what's the character's name? Like Laura or no, not Laura. Uh, Lawrence. Lor- no, no the like the the one that worked for Vincent Price's character. Oh, Nora. Um, you're talking. Oh, you're talking. Yes. Um, uh, Nora. Nora Manning. Nora. When and she sees the 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 person, she's like, <laughs> yes. So yes. But funny enough, my familiarity with this particular movie actually came from the remake because there was a point when Joel Silver, famous uh, movie movie producer Joel Silver, who's produced like the Matrix movies, uh, the Sherlock Holmes movies with Robert Downey Jr., uh, he for a hot second was doing remakes of like classic horror movies. So like House on Haunted Hill got a remake, something else got a remake. I think ghost ship was in that a 13 ghosts was in that mix with matthew lillard pretty much i think they all got shout factory additions i i think he did house of wax as well they like they did a remake of that which the 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 highlight of that one which i haven't seen in a long time but the highlight of that one is that a my chemical romance song played at the end and i was like oh that's fun (laughs) and then i just moved on with my life right (laughs) but that was my that was the extent of my my knowledge of that movie for a long time and uh and it was funny too cuz like watch like thinking about it in retrospect after watching the movie like the plot is more or less the same it has a lot of the same like things like instead of going to a house though they go to a, an asylum so it's not even a house on haunted hill it's an asylum on like a haunted cliff so mm-hmm. i don't know what they were trying to get away with in that one but you know whatever brand and... name <laughs> brand anything else and then, um, obviously, they had to have the obligatory reference to the original movie, so Jeffrey Rush was doing a Vincent Price cosplay, basically. <laughs> and his last name was Price. His name wasn't Vincent, it was just Mr. Price. Mr. Price. And he had, like, the swirly mustache and everything. It was kind of funny, actually, just seeing Jeffrey Jeffrey Rush as, like, a weird version of Vincent Price. But that was the extent of my my knowledge of this particular movie. So this was kind of a new experience. Yeah, for me, I remember watching scenes from this when I was a kid. Um, my mom watched, was watching this on TV with her sister. Shout out to Patty. And, Love uh, you, Patty. Shout out to my Aunt, shout out to my Aunt Mary. I don't know you, Aunt Mary, movie, but you seem cool. They grew up watching this movie, and this scared them <laughs> quite a bit. <laughs> quite a bit like to this day my mom gets anxious when this movie is on and there's like the scenes where Nora's by herself and like the lady with the white eyes like uh, you know I, I again you know we're so desensitized we're so desensitized know. but it's still kind of especially when the caretaker is gliding like yeah. they're not they're not walking they're gliding <laughs> but there are moments where it looks like uh, like like okay something's not working in the haunted mansion ride <laughs> And I'm speaking somebody who loves this movie. Um, you know, it, it, it's like the lady's just moving. And she's like, oh, God. And then it's uh, just but like, I, but, keep pulling. Keep pulling. <laughs> she's not, she's I, not all the way back yet. <laughs> the thing I remember, the thing I remember from this watching this as a kid was the scene where the blood lands on the lady's hand. Oh, yeah. I thought that was like such a startling thing. I'm like, whoa, what? What? 
the the ceiling is bleeding on her. I'm like, that's so creepy, and I still think that's kind of a weird, like eerie thing when you watch this mm-hmm. um this movie um because a lot of it, I think a lot of it is is like campy in the best way. It does have that a bit of a like not necessarily unintentional camp value. A lot of it, I think, is pretty intentional, especially with Vincent Price. Like his whole his whole shtick is camp, like like creepy suave camp. I guess. Yeah, just like they knew, they knew what they were making, or at least some people <laughs> knew what this movie would, would look like at some point. Like I think, I think about the scene at the beginning um, where you see all the people participants that because there's these participants that are going to go to you know Vincent Price's haunted house, mm-hmm. and if they survive the night, they get each they get ten thousand dollars or whatever. Yeah, and he, he he describes like each one of them and like why they need the ten thousand dollars. If any of you will spend the next 12 hours in this house, I'll give you each $10,000. Or you're next of kin in case you don't survive. <laughs> like, ain't she beautiful? She's so amusing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, damn, Vincent. Though, you know what it, it did sort of make me think of? And I think it's just inevitable. So, like, you know how, like, I, I assume, like, with Scream or, like, um, with, uh, some of the other movies that have been parodied, sometimes you just can't help but think of the parody versions. So, like, I'm watching this, and I can't help but think of the SNL skits when Bill Hader would pretend to be Vincent Price, and and he would have, like, the haunted house thing, and Liberace would be playing the piano, it would be Fred Armisen as Liberace. Those were the best. And then <laughs> all these people would show up, it'd be different, like, this, like the celebrity guest would be playing, like, an old Hollywood actor or something. <laughs> it was so, it was funny. But, I mean, like, the thing is, like, it, it, like part of it is just like I, I think about again like Abbott Costello meet Frankenstein where some people are like this is like a serious thing oh my gosh like in mm-hmm. in Abbott Costello like Larry Talbot's like you don't understand I'm gonna become a, I'm gonna become a wolf the, the Frank Dracula is real and all this other stuff and the, like the guys are just goofy or whatever whereas <laughs> in this that that you have Elisha Cook um, Jr. who also has appeared on our show before in the Maltese Falcon he plays uh the, the guy who um his family owned that house that they're going in and his brother was killed in that house and he's just always just like so terrified guns won't do anything guns are for the living only the ghosts in this house the o- only the ghosts in the house are glad we're here <laughs> did you just look up a quote and then look at it I did yes okay um, <laughs> I just I, saw I, your I, eyes I'm like wait I, I, I did <laughs> Is he, just, did he did you just teleprompter on our I, show? I did. Dude, we have notes. Okay, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Only the ghosts in this house are glad we're here. Just, uh, you know, there's so many, um, just like when Vincent Price says, says to his wife, you know, don't stay up trying to think of ways to get rid of me. It creates wrinkles. <laughs> it just, just, I love the way Vincent Price says, ghosts. I think everyone wonders what they would do if they saw a ghost. Is it, what was your letterbox review? That's my sexuality. <laughs> That's what I identify as. Uh, Vincent Price saying, ghosts. Ghosts. Hmm. But there, there are some like, like fun... Just, it, it's kind of... For me, it's like a perfect movie to watch around this time of year. It really is. It's, it's really got those vibes. Like... It's it's like a it's got that like classic sort of like you know atmospheric sort of like creepy but then 
it's not like overt like it's it's not like overtly scary or like overtly haunting or spooky um, unless you're my mom or uh my aunt yeah. mary unless you're the unless you're uh patty or aunt mary those are the only people um, allowed to be scared by this movie but like i even just love the fact the movie starts with black and there's like nothing for a good like minute and then you just hear ah yeah like this movie is already like gotcha gotcha yeah because like, like you're, you're actively like going it's what i don't know what's going on that you sure i'm like jeez <laughs> freaking movie yeah it, it pulls some things like that um that, that are that are kind of fun um you know what, one, one grizzly thing i think about too is when she opens that one like case and she sees like the head oh yeah and like the she's like opening it up after like he told uh, what's the one guy told like the story about like they couldn't find the heads like they found yeah. the arms and they found all these other appendages but they couldn't find the heads <laughs> and then she opens up her like thing and she's like freaking head but it's Elijah, a paraphrase but again Elijah Cook like he just takes it so seriously and, <laughs> and he's, he's just he's so he's so worried. He's like, uh, arguably, he's like one of the better characters. Like, uh, Vincent Price is the best. I still love him. But, like, just that character, just unexpectedly, like, so fun. Just like, I would say, I would say, like, the three best, I think the three best characters, of course, like, of course, Vincent Price um, in this movie. The wife. The wife. We, I, yeah, she was, I was, the wife is very good. She's very good because the big thing with this movie is, like, you know, he's been through a couple wives and she, she's number four. She's number four. Mm-hmm. And is, you know, trying to figure out, you know, a way to get rid of him or he's her, <laughs> you know, and man, it's such a twisted relationship. And I'm not going to the party. Of all my wives, you are the least agreeable. But still alive. What a marriage. <laughs> uh, but she's she's very good in the mo- in the movie. Let me I'm trying to remember the um, I feel bad that I don't remember. I only remember two actors names in this movie. Uh. Carol well, Omar. I, I not that it's in really a cause of that, but I do have one gripe that I have with this movie. Okay, which you made me think of because you said like of all the characters. Because here's the thing: this is like a this is like a mystery, mm-hmm. right? Because you have all these characters, you don't really know why they're there. You just know they're going to a party uh, to get ten thousand dollars potentially, but none of them know each other. And none of them have ever met. Some of them maybe have a passing association with Vincent Price's character. One of them works for Vincent Price's character. And um, then uh, they're told that there's potentially ghosts in the house. And things start happening. You don't really know why. But then some people are pulling some strings. Some people are pulling other strings. There's guns as party favors for some reason. Which leads into another thing. It's not a gripe, but it's an observation I've made with the two movies that we watch, which I might save till the end of this episode. There's so many characters, and yet, like, a handful of them even matter at the end yes, of the day. that's true. Like, Vincent Price matters. The wife matters. One of the several guests actually matters. The one guest that's sort of like the hero ends up just, like, leaving at one point. He's like, giffy out. <laughs> when he goes through the sliding door... Um, I mean, I love the, the 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 house owner guy. He doesn't really amount to much other than he's like there to scare you, just like. But I like it anyway, so I'm like he gets a pass from me. the The other woman, the only other woman besides like the screaming one and the wife, doesn't do shit. She drinks and she gets <laughs> she, blood. In her hand. She, she, she drinks and gets blood. It's like you're marked. 
nothing happens. All right, give my $10,000, bitch. <laughs> I left this house, Vincent Price. Um, and so it's just like, it's so, sort of like, like weird. Like, I guess I just have like weird, like with mysteries, you kind of expect other people to have some sort of like play or effect in the grand scheme of it, but only like so many did. So, and like, and even just like the plan, cause right. I'm going to spoil the movie cause you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Like the, the plan, the, the effectively the plan was the wife is actually, is actually in a relationship with one of the guests. It's she's, uh, it's the, the doctor or whatever, the psychiatrist or whatever. Yeah. And they decided to concoct a plan to kill Vincent Price by like, um, basically gaslighting and manipulating and scaring his employee into thinking that, uh, Vincent Price was trying to kill her so that she can try to kill him out of self-defense or whatever. And then he could die and then she can get all the money. And it's like, well, what's with all the other people? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I guess, I guess to have like witnesses, just, just to have like, okay, I guess that would make sense. But I, I guess I just would have liked, that's, yeah, that's I, my only real gripe with it, admittedly. I, I guess so. I think it, de- I think it depends. I, I see what you mean. Like you want to have like the, like the, if you ever have a big cast, you want to make sure you want them to use them as like a distractor or like add something. Yeah. Like, or even like sh- sh- put like a shade of like when you watch like knives out, like that's a big cast of characters and each character maybe doesn't like ultimately amount to much, but they each do something in the, in the grand scheme of it all. Right. Like they play a lot of red herring stuff. Yeah. And you know it, it's one of those, it's just one of those movies where it's just like, I'm I'm just there for the good time. I, 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 <laughs> you're I, you're you're a party guest. I'm a party guest. Which you know what this... is apt because they do talk directly to you. Like because both Vincent Price and the other guy talk directly to your face uh, when they're the floating heads, and then he looks directly at you at the very end. He's like, and you. They're coming for me now. Then they'll come for you. And then the door closes and says the end. Um, so maybe you are just a party guest. Maybe. But again, also adding to the fun of this movie, um, this was made by William Castle, who mm-hmm. made a number of movies um, that were actually decent movies and at a de- at like a small budget. And in fact, like it said that House on Haunted Hill was one of the influences for Hitchcock to make Psycho. Because he's like, if they can make a movie this successful on such a small budget, I can do that. And this movie, according to my thing, cost $200,000, which even for 1959 is not a lot of money for an independent, you know, for a small movie, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, But William Castle's very famous for his gimmicks, like The Tingler. There were theaters that had seats that rumbled, you know, would go, you know, you know, or whatever. And and it was like... Like things like oh this mo- the movie theater has nurses in the audience in case you faint or like there's a life insurance policy in case you don't survive this movie or this one the emergeo effect where because this movie is famous for having like the skeletons mm-hmm. and whatever it would apply they would have the skeleton dangling in front of the screen which <laughs> I was watching um Cinemassacre's video about spook shows um like the midnight spook shows where. It, it was it's something that we can never recreate today mm-hmm. given just so many factors but i definitely recommend looking that up and william castle was sort of an extension of that but he also had to mass produce this for a bunch of theaters across america 
you know, so it was kind of a, a different version of that. Um, but also William Castle, on another note, went on to produce Rosemary's Baby, which has Elijah Cook Jr. in that movie. <laughs> it's, it's Everything comes together. Everything comes together. Um, a few other notes. Uh, the Ennis House uh, is the exterior of this. Uh, the Ennis House, uh, it was a number of things. Richard, can you tell us some of the things that this house has been? Well, um, Blade Runner... Yeah. The original Blade Runner. Um, it was the uh, house that Bernard slash Arnold lived in in Westworld. Um, and uh, oh, there was another one you mentioned. I forget. I was talking about Game of Thrones before we start, right? Um, because I think about like some of the stuff in Slavers Bay on the show. Um, mm. I think about one of Daenerys's throne rooms, and I'm like, now that I can see like the tile work clearly, I'm like, okay. I could see that. Because when you watch the movie, also, this movie's in the public domain, so you can watch this on YouTube right now. Yeah. Um, you know, so that's pretty cool. But watching it, I'm like, this doesn't look like the haunted house that's in, like, the poster. This just looks like a a, bil- a white building. <laughs> it looks like an elaborate, like, house that, like, some, like, eccentric rich person lives in. But I guess that makes sense. <laughs> um, But there, there's that... Uh, like I said, the Ennis house, but again, I said pu- public domain, um, which is interesting, you know, so whenever you get like those giant, I don't know if you ever see those like 50 horror packs or whatever, um, it, it's usually among those like kind of things where it's like, mm. oh, hey, it's one, it's one of the, you know, it's like it's a holographic like- card in a Yu-Gi-Oh pack. That's $4 and 19 cents. <laughs> 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 and that is what we call. Full circle, <laughs> full circle, baby. Uh, but you know, it just this this movie ha, ha, is is a fun, like spooky movie that you can watch for free, like, for free, I, and I, it's I, like I, it's like only over, only slightly over an hour. Yeah. So honestly, you know, it'd be a good double. Like you could do a good like public domain double feature of this and Night of the Living Dead. You'd be good. Just, just um, yeah. You, know, you still just, got a just, whole other. You got a whole day to spend just doing other things. You can just do other things. We watched two pretty pretty fun movies, and again, this shows like if you didn't cast that part with Vincent Price, um, this movie I don't think would work as well. No, he he really he really sells it. Like it's it's his it's the per, it's his personality. Like he just plays this like pompous, sinister, but like really charming guy. Like, even just his curly mustache, you're, like, both enchanted by it and you're disgusted by it at the same time. Like, most of the people are horrible. But one of the other things we noticed, too, was that there were a lot of lookalikes in this movie. <laughs> who, who did we call the doctor? The uh, doctor was was discount Cary Grant. And then, um... Uh, did you the, say, like, uh, Dick Van Dyke was the pilot? The pilot, yep. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, that's definitely those. The, definitely thought of those two. Uh, speaking of other campy stuff, I loved it when they had like the rat, and they just tossed it in the acid. The fact that there's a pit of acid in the basement in that house still is just funny. It's, it, it's, and then like they tried to make it float up, so like you can see, like, like it's like they're trying to push it through. Like keep yeah. going, keep going. Well, the fun doesn't stop with this party. Uh, we're gonna take uh, we're gonna take a brief reprieve from you know parties, but we come back. We got another party that's um, 
you might get sick at this one. Oh it's god, like, I should wear my mask. Yeah, you definitely should. Definitely should. But it's, yeah. it's a mask party. It's a costume party, so it's okay to wear a mask. Well, I'm just going to wear my normal mask. That's your costume. Stay tuned. <laughs> You're all invited. Now that we've visited with our ancient ancestors, let's take a trip to modern times. Here we have a gun. Hey, I think it's malfunctioning. A gun is used to kill Hmm, let me go back to the start and reset it. All right, main menu reset. Jobs a gooden. Hmm, that sounded like Richard calling. Well, I'll just catch up with him. Oh! I can see... <laughs> I can see the escalators from here. <laughs> escalators! Up, 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 up. <laughs> down, 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 down. Okay, one ride is enough. I guess I better go get Richard now. Ranger! Hmm. What would John do? I should hide. Alright, Allison. This is it. Let's make this look cool. Let's apprehend ourselves a wrongdoer. Drop your weapon and get on the ground! <gasps> Methinks Richard is getting his butt good. Time to make like a tree and leaf. Sneak, 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 sneak. Sneak, 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 sneak. Hmm, something fishy is going on here. Oof! Excuse me. Unhand me, son! Sir, sir, I don't think you want to go in there just yet. I heard tell my sister's been killed! I gather you must be a Haskell. Did you kill her? You dirty rotten! <gasps> How dare you accuse me of such a heinous perpetration? If you didn't, then who did? Who tarnation is that? That's my friend Richard! He's a scoundrel, what done it? A murderer? He? Nay, nay, says me. I gotta get my hands on that I'm too slow for me! The only way you can get your hands on him would be to bust him out of the ranger station. And that's where I'm going. You're gonna bust him out? Yes! Yes, that, that's what we'll do. Listen, mister. Name's Teddy Haskell. Put her there, Teddy. I'm Joey. Proud to know you. Listen, Teddy. I have some experience in prison breaks. You willing to help me bring that bourbon to Swift Justice? Absolutely. I too believe that Richard has been wrongly incarcerated. To the ranger station! Away! My trap's parked right over there! Lead on, McDuff. Pardon the mess, but as you can see... I belong to a municipal who enjoys a Slim Jim every now and again. Do you happen to have an unconsumed Slim Jim at the ready? I always keep one in my back pocket. Can I have it? Daggum! You would have to ask while I'm driving. Here! You little rascal. Thanks. Have any string cheese? Daggum! In my dead burnt shoe. 
please. Hold on. Gotta stare at my dang old face. Here, Bourbon. Oh boy, oh boy. Thanks, Teddy. You're welcome, boy. Dang. Gara's dead. This Slim Jim is superb. My sis. She's dead. Now let me taste this cheese. Mmm, delicious. <laughs> Teddy, are you okay? I will be as soon as I get my hands from the neck of that dirty killer who killed my sister. There, there, Teddy. I'm sure you'll rain down hell from on high once we find who killed Kara. Thank you, son. That's a, that's a great comfort. Cause think she was alive and kicking not two hours ago. She even tried to call me tonight, but I was too busy. It pains! I'm so stupid! You're stupid ignoramus! It's not your fault, Teddy. Those beans weren't going to eat themselves. No. No, they weren't, son. She left me the sweetest voicemail. Dang old Gara. Sweetest dang old. She was real nice. I'm sure she was a real treat, Teddy. Yeah, she was, boy. Would you like to hear the voicemail? She sent it to me just a few hours before... Before she... Died? Dang! Teddy, I'd be honored to hear that voicemail. <laughs> Get your tissues ready, boy. Teddy, it's me, Kara. I'm just calling to remind you to eat the beans I left on your front porch last night. I ate them, Kara. They was good. <laughs> and Teddy, I just want you to know how much I love life <laughs> and how much I want to live. She loved life. She wanted to live! She loved to live. I just wanted to tell you that. Oh, why'd you have to go? <laughs> Let me think. There was one other thing I needed to tell you. This here's my favorite part, boy. Oh, yeah. I remember. I need you to walk the tar out of Wade Sykes for me. With pleasure, Cora. He keeps coming up here to the Emporium trying to find mm. me selling outboard motors. What a meanie! He says I need to go down to his boat yard and apply for a license to sell boat equipment. Of course, he's just all high and mighty because his brother-in-law's the governor and he figures he can get away with anything. I won't let him get away. I won't tar out of him good and proper. So, if you would just walk the tar out of him good and proper, that'd be great. Bye. Sounds like she was just about the sweetest person that ever was. She was that boy. That she was. Boy.
years went by You were still alive But all that changed Tonight You can live forever You can live forever Gary, you can live forever in my heart on the station now pull over here we'll go on foot there they are let's go take it easy I bruise like a great how do we get to him come on buddy get moving I don't have all night Okay, here's the plan. We take the truck around, and then we sneak up with string cheese in hand. Is this cell ready? Oh, for sure, Park Ranger Allison. Hello. Look sharp, prisoner. This is Lieutenant Tammy. Hi. Howdy. Come to check in? Lieutenant Tammy, this murdering murderer murdered Kara Haskell. I didn't murder anyone. <gasps> Kara Haskell's been murdered by this murderer? News sure does travel fast. Oh gracious, he looks mean. Mean as a snake and just as venomous, Lieutenant Tammy. Goodness sakes, well you dirty rat. I guess we'd better go ahead and take your mug shot before we lock you up. Step right this way and hold this cute little sign with your number on it. Um, okay, but can you turn off the flash? My, my eyes are a little sensitive. Smile. You take a real nice picture, you little devil. Me, I never do. Okay, prisoner 2319, your cell is right through these doors. Oh, it's nice in here. Real cozy and warm. Thank you so much. I'm real glad you like it, sir. Don't fraternize with the prisoner. Whoops, uh, I mean, you little stinker. Get comfortable, buddy. It's going to be a long night. Sleep tight! Don't I get a phone call? Yeah. Uh, Park Ranger Allison? What? He wants a phone call. He can call someone if he wants to. Just keep an eye on him. Uh, okay, sir. Just hold on a second. Here you go. Thank you.
Hello? Hi, Deidre, it's me. Listen, I... Hello, Mr. Purnell. Good timing. I was just about to call you. Great, cool. Listen, I have to tell you what's going on. Oh, believe me, I know what's going on. It's all over the news. Oh, no, 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 no. Already? Oh, no, no, no. God, no. Okay, this is bad. Listen, I need you to... Mr. Pennell, I'm happy to inform you that the Doyle and Doyle Talent Agency will no longer be representing you. What? Why? We don't do business with murderers. Goodbye. You're the reason I'm here in the first place! Hello? Okay, that was your phone call. Wait, 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 wait. Just just one more. Can I please call one more person? I guess it'll be okay. Just make it snappy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay. I'll call Jimmy. Good old Jimmy. Jimmy, Jimmy. Jimmy's always reliable. He loves life. Hi, Miss, Mrs. Steininger. Is your son home? Mrs. Mrs. Steininger, what's wrong? Jimmy, Jimmy was killed in a hit and run accident just a few hours ago. What? What? Oh no! He loved life. He wanted to live. Oh my God, I'm, I'm so sorry. J- Jimmy was a great kid. He was my son, my only son. Listen, listen, Mrs. Steininger, if there's Anything I can do. Anything you can do? You treated him like dirt. He used to come home every day in tears. Oh. Every day he would leave for work and he would say to me, Mom. And I'd say, Yes, son. He'd say, Do you think Mr. Purnell will be nice to me today? And then I'd say something like, It'll be a cold day in hell when that inhuman monster gives you the time of day. Mrs. Mrs. Steininger, I I don't know what to say. Say you're sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry's not good enough. I could see I'm upsetting you. I should go. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean... I'm sorry. I just hope that you feel partly responsible for Jimmy's death. Uh, I, I can't say I feel responsible, but... You jerk! Jimmy. I can't believe it. Bad news? My assistant was killed tonight in a hit and run. Oh. Kyle? Yeah? I treated Jimmy like dirt. Oh no! I treated all my friends like dirt. Even my own mother. Well, it's okay. You're a murderer. You're supposed to be a jerk. I've been a jerk for nearly five years. Where has that even gotten me? Alone in jail. All my friends are gone. Except for Kenny. Kenny! Hey, Kyle, let me call one more person. Uh, Park Ranger Allison! What? He wants to call somebody else. Tell him to forget about it. Uh, maybe you should just try to forget about... Wait, let's let's talk about this. I don't know, maybe you should just try to, like, get some sleep. I'm not sleepy! Uh, I gotta go clean something, man. Uh, good night. Dadgummit, Kyle, get back here! Yeah? Get over here. I had a walkie-talkie in my pants when I was brought in. I don't think I 
should. Kyle, look at me. Yeah. You're going to get me my walkie-talkie. But Park Ranger Allison. Forget about Allison. It's just you and me now. I'm scared. Don't be scared. It's okay. Shh. Now go get my walkie-talkie. Okay. That was easy. Here you go, sir. Thank you. Now scram! Thank you, sir. Kenny. Kenny, are you there? Richard, are you okay? I saw you getting arrested. I'm fine, okay? I'm in jail, but I'm okay. What about you? When I called early, it sounded like you were in trouble. I was. Manfrotto had a shotgun in my head as we were talking. My god. That guy is insane. How did you escape? When we got to the Emporium, I managed to lose him in that gaggle of reporters. I'm glad you're safe. Now, listen, Kenny. I need your help to clear my name. Anything for my best bro. You name it. I'm not sure, but I think John is the real murderer. I need you to go to the Emporium and see if you can find any clues or evidence that it was John and not me. What kind of evidence? I don't know. See if, see, you know what? See if there's any hidden cameras, like any security cameras. I didn't see any when I was there, but they may have been hidden. The park ranger didn't seem interested in a thorough investigation anyway. Okay, I'll see if I can find anything. Call me back as soon as you're done. Will do. Bye. Bye. Well, at least I've got someone on my side. I wish Joey were here. What the heck? Dadgummit! What's that? It's a rock with a note attached. Stand back, XOXO. Okay, ramming speed! What the?! Ah! What the heck?! Richard, hurry, get in! Kyle, where's the keys? Joey! Oh my god! Another breakout. What a rush. <laughs> and we're back. Welcome back to Two Dudes, One Double Feature. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed, what is it, part four of this radio drama? This is part four. I mean, it, we don't know what it sounds like because we haven't heard it yet. It's not like last year where we were like being able to like hear it beforehand. I haven't even recorded my lines for part four yet. <laughs> no, um, on that note, I did record because we both recorded our episode three lines today. I normally, whenever I do it, I do it with John so that like because I like the like the chemistry and just working and like improving and stuff and just having fun with that. It was the first time I've ever done it by myself. Um. It and then uh, I looked at the time it took me to record my entire like set of lines for episode three. It was like an hour and like thirty eight minutes <laughs> of me just saying random stuff. I even did some of the other characters' voices in case, in case like I like like at the end of, a of that episode, there's reporters talking, so I did some of the reporters. I don't know if they'll make it in, but I was like, "Do you think he liked killing that man?" <laughs> I hope they may get it now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, but 
when you recorded yours, you said it was only like 10 minutes. And I was like, what the hell? <laughs> because I record maybe like, it depends on, on, on what I'm saying and if I'm satisfied. Like there's some lines where I'll, I'll say a couple, say it a couple times. Um, but some of my stuff is like, oh boy, here we go. Up, up, up. <laughs> that's the, the funny part is like, I feel like in real life, I'd be closer to you in the characterization and you'd be closer to me. <laughs> I think but, in, a, in, in a lot of ways, yes. But somehow it got reversed in the grand scheme of it. Much love to uh, John and Kenny. But uh, let us let us move to our second film in our in our double feature. Our first film uh, was House on Haunted Hill. And this is another Vincent Price movie. This is one of the string of Poe-Corman collaborations that Vincent Price was known for. Like movies like The Graven, uh, Fall of the House of Usher. You know, those types of movies he did a lot back in the day. And with this one, um, he teamed up with Roger Corman to adapt the Edgar Allan Poe short story, The Mask of the Red Death. Yeah. The Mask, the mask of the Yeah. I, I, I guess. I'll admit, I, I, I'm still in like, I know most people are sort of over it, but I'm still in like, COVID is a thing and it bothers me mode. So like... I, going into it, I was a bit nervous because I was like, "Oh God, is this gonna like? <laughs> is this gonna make me go?" Ugh! You know, I foolishly thought maybe we'd have like some type of control by this point. Maybe in some sectors, maybe. Listen, but... we both had hope. <laughs> so we both had hope. I mean, it's it's sadly what it is. I'm not. No, no, I'm not gonna say it's what it is because it sucks. Get vaccinated, please and thank you. Yeah. So. This uh, uh, Mask of the Red Death, I the first time I really watched this was last year, actually, because um, Shout Factory put out they re-released their first Vincent Price set, which made me very happy because before that point it went for hundreds of dollars online, and it was nice to get those movies on Blu-ray, especially this one, and um, I think the first Doctor Fives is on this set too. But that's another great one that hopefully we'll talk about in the future. But um, Mask of the Red Death, um, I was my really first time watching it last year. And it was around the time when Trump and a lot of his, like, officials and, like, other politicians got COVID. Yeah, like that, that he was having that irresponsible party or whatever. With, like, all, like, the, like, people of his, like, party or whatever. And they were, like, all, like, hunched together. And wasn't he having, like, Christmas parties and stuff, too, with a bunch of people? And then he got COVID. And he got COVID. That was a uh, wow. It's so it's so weird to think about he, that. He 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 played it up exactly how you expected him to play it up too. A little bit, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Like, care about me? I got COVID. I got the problem. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> the story revolves around Prince Pros- Prospero. Prospero. It's a great name. And so it could know, be it's potential tongue twister, Prince Prospero. Yes, Prince Prospero. So he, you know, the Red Death is ravaging, you know, is ravaging the countryside. So he gathers a bunch of his, uh, a bunch of his rich jerk friends into his mm-hmm. castle uh, to to protect themselves. Or you think that's the reason to protect themselves from uh, the Red Death? And yet, what he's actually doing is saving all the the elite rich people and 
torturing them, making them do stuff for his own benefit. There's literally a point when he says, you know, bark like a dog or whatever, like walk, like walk like a, like a jackass and then tell someone like to ride the jackass. Yeah. It's a bit hectic. Like, like how this like just plays out. You just kind of go like, this is just weird. <laughs> like it's, it's, it's how people like us imagine rich people hanging out all the time. <laughs> yeah. You, you know, it's, um, it, it, it's really just uncomfortable. I think that's the word I have, uh, when watching this movie is uncomfortable. I agree. One of the other scenes too, um, like th- this guy, Alfredo, I'm just thinking about like, oh yeah. The dad from Clockwork Orange. Yeah. Or not the dad, but like the old man that. The older you know, guy. It's, which is so weird because like, I honestly, I just watched Clockwork Orange, like some of it, not all of it, but like, um, and seeing like that bit where you feel so bad because of what's happening to him. And then to go to this movie and like, he's, he's terrible. <laughs> it's such a conflicting emotion. I think about like when he dresses up as the, as the gorilla and they hang him up. And he's doubt he's in on fire. Yeah, it feels like. <laughs> oh my god, what is happening? <laughs> like if that happened in a movie today too, like that would that would I feel like that would be pretty like out there. Like oh man, right? And then and then Vincent Price is just like throw him away. I don't want that in my party. You gotta clean it up. Clean it up. And then and then you just cut back and he's like walking with the one girl he's like kidnapped or whatever and people are just getting back to dancing while they're carrying this dead dude in a gorilla suit. You're like, what the hell is happening? Yeah, it's just like I think about um like I think about the creatures on Night on Bald Mountain. They're just like like in sin and debauchery and just all sorts of terrible things. And I'm like, that's what they probably ended up in the afterlife. It's just like as servants of Chernabog, basically. That's how that movie got made. That's <laughs> like, like Chernabog is a real person, and and Walt Disney was just filming a documentary, and all those people were those awful people from that story. Yeah. In, in addition to obviously, Vincent Price is the main attraction for this movie, as as he should be. He's so good at like just villains, like ju- like juicy really just you you love to hate them like oh my god and prince prince prospero like frederick lauren in the previous movie like he's nope he's not anybody's best friend you know no. No. but he looks like a saint compared to prince prospero <laughs> you yeah he really does i mean you could sort of see him passing off as a normal person for a hot second but then you see prince prospero and you're like nah something this guy's up to stuff i don't trust it no like you know he's clearly he wants to be a, 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 a like a servant of satan he's a satanist he's a satanist yeah yeah which it's just anytime i think of satanist i think of that one episode of silicon valley where um one of the characters is a satanist and they want to go with him to like his satanist uh thing and you see like this really off kilter like satanist ritual and then at the end it's like all right everybody that's the end of it um we're gonna go uh get our food it's chick-fil-a yeah they're jesus freaks but boy is that chicken good (laughs) (laughs) oh man uh that's just that's just what it makes me think of forever and ever but um he also has his mistress which I was thinking about this you were asking me what the fastest turnaround for a uh, an actor to appear on two dudes Okay. This is it. Because. Because. 
we have Hazel Court in this movie. Mm-hmm. Hazel Court is in this movie as Juliana, the mistress of Prince Prospero, and also wants to be, you know, just in, you know, wants to be like a servant of evil or whatever. And she was in a, a movie of ours from last time, from last week. Richard, 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 Richard. She was in Curse of Frankenstein as Elizabeth. Oh, she, oh my God! I only realized this just like an hour ago. What? <laughs> What the hell? <laughs> That's insane. And, the, and like the the, wor- the weirdest part too is that like she goes from like a Hammer horror movie to like to like another movie that was heavily inspired by Hammer. I mean, I mean, go for the ridge. You know what I'm saying? Just <laughs> where was Peter Cushing in this? Huh? He could have been. Well, no, then it would just be like two incredibly suave, debonair, evil dudes. So like you need to balance out that a little bit so okay i get that you could have had you could have had christopher lee as one of like the colorful deaths yeah could you imagine like christopher lee in one of those robes just going i am death i am yellow death i am blue death also another actor that we recognized uh nigel green is in this movie um and we knew this dude looked familiar when we were watching it and he played hercules in jason and the argonauts that's right, and it and, and speaking of Peter Cushing, he looks like if Peter Cushing was an American, <laughs> like this hairy, burly, like buff dude, but just with like this like sophisticated face. But he had this like huge, like deliciously like crazy beard in in uh, Jason the Argonauts. So it's just. You had, to, you had to see, like, this part, and then his hair also was, like, a dead giveaway after a while. You're like, oh, my God. So this movie had everybody, is what you're telling me. You know you know who it needed? Who? Oliver Reed. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, man. And then just, uh, like, this movie, I think, again, Vincent Price is, is, like, the big reason to see this. But I also think the cinematography and um, the costuming is the other big reason to see this one. Oh yeah, just the opening shot I thought was like so atmospheric and like just the wooded area and just like the random like schmo in a in a like the red skin, like the red robe is just sitting there. It kind of had like this seven seal vibe to it. I think th- he was playing cards or like use like with the tarot cards or whatever. Tarot cards, yeah. And like at the end with like the little kid, you're like this is so seven seal. And they do, like, the dance macabre at the end. Mm-hmm. Like, all the colorful de- deaths, so it makes sense. It, it does make sense. But also, too, it kind of makes sense, too, because um, Seventh Seventh Seal was, like, earlier in the 50s, I'm pretty I think sure. So. yeah. Because um, this was 1964. And Roger Corman, like, everybody knows him as, like, a B-movie guy. Mm-hmm. But let me tell you, Roger Corman um, is an incredible dude. Like, just when you really think about... He, he really ha- uh, really had a niche for himself in Hollywood and really helped shepherd the careers of a lot of big names. Like the, it's an endless sort of list of the, of the amount of people that Jack Nicholson, Jack Nicholson in little shop of horrors, uh, Francis Ford, Francis Ford Coppola, Mm -hmm. Joe Dante. There's a lot of people. Um, like a lot of, like a lot of your favorite directors from the seventies worked with Roger Corman and Roger Corman helped them. My favorite thing I think Roger Corman's ever done is in the the in-universe Batman movie he directed in Looney Tunes back in action. 
<laughs> I still want to see that movie. That, it would probably be an interesting, um, uh, an interesting Batman movie. <laughs> and I want, I want Brendan Fraser's scene to stay in when he's just like, "Hey, Batman, you good? <laughs> All right." uh but roger corman i mean i was watching an interview with him from a number of years ago and as i'm recording this knock on wood he's still alive at 95 still alive still kicking but like he was talking about like he was a big poe fan as a kid and he read he had the collection of all of his works and stuff and Mm -hmm. you know he was able to convince like the studio at the time because that studio was like producing a double feature for like a hundred thousand dollars in black and white and he's like why don't you why don't we make the budgets a little bigger and make them like one movie that's in color because this business model is not going to last forever, you know. And sure enough, like, the first one they did was uh, Fall of the House of Usher. And that was a big success. And then, you know, obviously it led to other Poe um, and, you know, Corman and Vincent Price collaborations and, you know, all that stuff. Um, he also, I want to know, he won an honorary Academy Award a number of years ago. Didn't he get two? Did he get two? I don't know. He might have just got one. I thought I read he got two, but I don't know. I, I definitely know he got the one for helping, like... You know, like I said, he helped shepherd those, like, engineer the, all the, a lot of those careers, um, you know. And uh, I really get, he's a good director, man. Like, I, I, again, because people think about, like, B-movies, but I'm like, this is a really well-made, um, <laughs> quote-unquote, B-movie. It re- No, it honestly is, like, compared comparing the two movies, just from a visual standpoint, I think they're both very well-made. But if you if no one had said anything to me, I could have possibly felt like watching the first movie could have been like an extended episode of a tv show a little bit alfred hitchcock presents kind of thing yeah whereas like this one like is clearly like it has cinematic value to not that the other one doesn't but i think this one like it's more apparent more on its sleeve with the, with that especially just from the from the coloration of everything and, and the ideas put into place and like the cinematography like the shots that I'll never forget is like the shot at the end when like you see all the people with like the red death coming out of their coming out of their pores. So striking, so striking. And they're all doing the like the dance macabre thing, mm-hmm. and the camera just sort of swoops around, and you're seeing all these people just going crazy. And Vincent Price is just like going, Aah! which and all those costumes too. I I I, I love Vincent Price's like weird like chic. Like he's got a great chic. cape got a great cape all of his costumes this movie are great you know they're just it's just a really i think it's a really handsome production yes but also it's a really demented it's like a period piece with a <laughs> demented edge to it like i i think about you know oh he he wants he he's gonna like because there's the whole subplot with like hercules and like the the, the guy you know the young male lead of the movie mm-hmm. they don't want to kill each other so they cheat and then he kills you know hercules anyway you know and of course all like the disease and then the worship of Satan. and like hazel court has like the cross like the upside down cross (laughs) burned uh, on her chest that uh (laughs) and the fact that the the scar was just there and it just gets worse as the movie goes you're like (laughs) so like the parts that i i I tend to tend to stick out in my mind and this is why it come i I come to this particular thought which again i'm going to mention at the end um but uh, the the thing of whenever people like peasants from the village would come to the castle, and they'd be like, "Please let us in. We don't want to get the red death." And he's like, <laughs> "No, you know what? If they don't leave, just shoot them." You're like, "I hate you." <laughs> what? Like, and it it's stuff like that that just makes me think of like 
our current times. You know, this is it's been a long time since I've been. This movie reminds me of of 2020 slash pandemic stuff, but that it, it really still does. Yeah, I think it's almost like quintessential like pandemic cinema. Really, it really is. Like, just again, because it's the whole time they're just like cooped up in this castle or whatever, and like everyone's just going crazy. And all these other people, like these peasants are outside just being like, I want to get in. I don't want to get sick. And they're like, go away or we'll shoot you. Oh my God. And I think about um, when the one guy and his wife are trying to get in and he's like, I'll let you have my wife. And he's like, yeah, I already know. I, I already know how that feels. That was, that was harsh. Like for a movie in the six, like, <laughs> oh man. Oh, oh, when he said that, you're, you just like, what the? He's like, I already know. Like, what do you mean you already know? So, like, ugh, man. And and there's also some weird, like, like some of the like the weird dream sequences and, and, and things. I think about mm. the, the the different colored rooms. Yeah, it was that was so, like it's literally the same room, but it's a different color. So like, there's like the like a white room, there's a yellow room, and then there's the one at the end that you're not allowed in. Can you guess what color that was? It was black. Polka dot. Okay. But <laughs> it was. It was uh, David Dismalchin shooting polka dots at you. <laughs> um, Nicholas Rogue uh, did the cinematography for this. I think so. You pronounce his name right? Yeah, Nicholas Rogue. Um, one of the one of the best directors, honestly. Like he, we talked about him once on the show. He did uh, the Witches. Yes, um, he right. directed that. Which um, uh, I'll always remember Joey going. How unsettling was it when the babies just pushed down the hill by Angelica Houston? And I'm like, it is, it's very unsettling. <laughs> but um, if you if you really want to watch a great Nicholas Rogue movie this time of year, watch Don't Look Now, which um is such a good movie. But also, it's a movie that was like a great influence on on people like Edgar Wright and like the way it foreshadowed, like li- literally like si- like a similar trick that Edgar Wright does in his movies. If you watch the whole opening of the scene of the mo- the whole opening scene of the movie. It can it'll tell you point blank in like its way in its own way how the movie plays out like his use of foreshadow and metaphor and stuff like so he he was genuinely gifted and on that note I'm gonna uh, pull a pull a Joey and and get, send a message out to Criterion Criterion hi it's Dude One how are you um, could you do me a favor because you're releasing 4K Blu-rays now. I know you're about to. You got Citizen Kane coming up. You got Uncut Gems being in that fold. You got a bunch of other movies. Great. I'm excited. That's awesome. You know what you should do? You should take Man Who Fell to Earth or whatever that one's called with David Bowie, the one that Nicholas Rogue directed. Yeah, you're gonna. I, I'm gonna need you to uh, release that on 4K as well. Just or Blu-ray. I don't care. Just just reprint that shit because it's been out of print for way too long. Please and thank you. This is why I wish we lived closer so I could let you borrow my Criterion Blu-ray that I have. <laughs> well, see, then, then, then it would just be me going, I get to see you for a brief moment, and then I have to give you away. <laughs> <laughs> is it better, Richard, is it better to have loved and lost or not to love at all? Man, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That's a tough question. <laughs> don't make me answer that question. I'm talking about Vincent Price right now. <laughs> <laughs> but no, Nicholas Rogue is is the shit. I love Nick. I love Nick, I love Nicholas Rogue. I are, do we have Don't Look Now on the docket at some point? We should get it on the docket because I need to see it. It's so good. I, I'd be that was one. That's one movie I'd be curious to show you. 
Yeah, I would ask what you would pair it with, but I don't want to spoil that for the audience. Well, f- I'll figure something out. Unless it's already on there, but I don't know. If not, I don't I'll think, figure something I don't, out. I don't think it is, but that's, that's, damn, that's a good idea. These two movies are really interesting. Like, mm-hmm. I, I pick them because they're some of my favorite Vincent Price movies that aren't Dr. Fibes. Mm-hmm. Dr. Fibes might be my favorite, even though I haven't seen it in a while. And we could have had Dr. Fives and a random episode of Batman 66, and that would have just been in our wheelhouse. But this just felt appropriate for, especially this time of year. For this time of year, like the first movie is such a like for me, it's a quintessential Halloween movie. Like I can't, you, I can't go past the month of October or Halloween night without watching uh, House on Haunted Hill at least once. And um, this movie actually pairs well because it's a party of like rich people just being awful. Which brings me to my point, the point I've been building towards, Vincent Price likes to make movies to illustrate how shitty rich people are because in the first movie i'm like of course um at an all-white party with a bunch of like well at least one rich dude you know making all these other you know may potentially well-off white people uh come to his party for ten thousand dollars each of course they would give out guns as party favors and not a single person goes what why (laughs) everyone's like Okay, I'll take that. Like, oh, interesting. There's going to be pistols at this party. It's a pistol party, guys. It's a pistol party and they're in coffins? Oh, festive! (laughs) (laughs) And then, like, they're so, like, nonchalant with it. The only person that says, I don't need it, is the wife. And she's like, you know I don't need that. (laughs) She's. It's not even her saying, like, I don't need a gun. Get that way. She's, like, saying, I don't need a gun to kill you. I have other methods. <laughs> and then and then the second one just goes even more crazy with it by just illustrating like how even more shitty rich people are just to each other. <laughs> yes. And like Vincent Price is like the like he and it's he's so good at it. He's so good at playing like the sinister evil shitty rich white dude. Like he's pompous, he's pretentious, he's snobbish, but he's he's he he has the manipulation charm that he needs to like. Besides, like he could he could be like a semi-rich dude and still work with that, and people would think he's rich. But like, um, like the money feels just like a bonus, really. <laughs> like it's it's the presence of him plus the fact that he's rich just. I think further illustrates this point. I don't know if this was intentional, but it just seems like both of these movies are the uh, quintessential examples of why rich people suck. <laughs> yeah, like honestly, I, I feel like like I don't want to say names, but like I feel like there are a number of people who'd probably go to these parties or like try to host these parties. I feel like if this was set in 2020, um, Vincent Price's character will have invented a rocket ship. <laughs> potentially a, a a phallic looking rocket ship <laughs> phallic rocket ship uh yeah you know it, that 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 would yes and i have this race of rocket ships that will conquer the world <laughs> <laughs> if you want to ride in my rocket ship Dude, i will give oh you god. each two million dollars oh my god he to ride in my like, rocket ship he would have been a perfect neville sinclair in the rocketeer <laughs> Oh my god! He totally yeah, it would have been a more effeminate Neville Sinclair, like, basically, <laughs> and he wouldn't have to change his look at all; just look exactly the same, mustache and everything. 
and he's a he's a bit pretty he's a bit he was a big dude so he would actually be an intimidating presence for the hero uh, <laughs> cliff rocketeer hmm i see you <laughs> i will destroy you with my i will destroy you with my wads of cash <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, it, it, it's you know, it, it just it just shows like Vin, like again I'm gonna refer back to Roger Corman's interview talking about Vincent Price. Vincent Price was not the kind of guy who just did a performance. He relished acting. He loved acting. Like I can't uh, off the top of my head, I can't think of a performance I've seen him in where I'm like, oh, he's not trying. Like he mm-hmm. is treating everything like it's like Shakespeare, you know. Um, and I think about um, uh, that that animated um, Richard Williams movie, uh, The Thief and the Cobbler, where he plays the villain in that, and he's mm-hmm. very good in that movie. It's not a very good movie because <laughs> all the circumstances, but you know, just goes to show you, like, it, it's you really just admire those actors where it's just like they really they really do just elevate the material in it, and you, yeah, you know, like yeah, like this is like these are these are kind of like it's weird to say cult classics because they were hits. You know, but mm-hmm. like they're sort of like cult classics, basically. I mean, obviously, the production team and all that, but Vincent Price is a big reason for that. You know, I think the one scene of these two movies that I think, just from an acting standpoint, I think resonated with me the most was any time he was with his wife in the in House on the Haunted Hill. Just like the the that relationship, this like toxic, sinister relationship between the two of them that they're just trying to kill each other the whole time. Yeah. And, like, just how they would go for each other's throats in, like, playful ways was was kind of fun, but, like, in a sick and twisted kind of way. Like, when he holds the, the wine bottle as a gun, he's like, like, could you imagine, or whatever, he says, like, husband kills wife with cork, or whatever, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm paraphrasing hard, hardcore there, but right. it was like, it's it's those scenes and that, like, amount of chemistry he has with one character and just again, and also props to um, the uh, the wife. I I'm sorry, I forget her name. I know you mentioned it, but um, o- Omar, uh, Carol Omar, Carol Omar. Like props to her as well. Like she she probably um, outdid Vincent Price a few. Like like they 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 sort of step they stepped on each other a little bit. Like they kept like it's like she goes on, and that's part of the performance is that you know they're at each other's throats, so it makes sense. And that's like my my thing with like. Again, I'm 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 the least clever person there is, so I don't I'm not there so much for the mystery for a lot of these things. I'm there for like to have a good time and it's mm-hmm. a price and Carol <laughs> insured. I will that say I okay. Time. I will say um I was in that I was in that mindset the first time I watched it, but I did watch it a second time. Fun fact. Oh. I don't know if what? I told you about this, but I watched no, it a second time. And I and after the second time I watched it, I'm like, why the hell are all these people here? <laughs> <laughs> but then i'm like wouldn't uh, have a movie because <laughs> the script said they yeah, i had to be here so i'm just chilling i think there's other logical reasons you gotta have witnesses <laughs> if you're trying to pull off this this thing you're like oh like yeah, oh my god <laughs> she killed him yeah, even uh, like the, the, the fake uh dick van dyke guy is just there you know, <laughs> he just he just disappears it's fine oh <laughs> but no, I did I did have a good time with both these movies. And like I said, these movies just illustrate how terrible rich how terrible uh rich people often are and can be. Especially 
during a pandemic <laughs> or a plague. Yeah. Um, folks, what are some of your favorite Vincent Price movies or favorite movies where rich people are just awful? <laughs> um, Which there's uh, a lot. Also, favorite public domain movies. That's a good one. Because th- this is, I-, I think House of Haunted Hill is one of the best public domain movies. Um, just, uh, just let us know. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, definitely listen to our other catalog episodes, but definitely our Halloween episodes. We actually just made a Halloween playlist on uh, SoundCloud that uh, curates all of our spooky, um, our spooky episodes during the month of October from this year and last year, as well as any future ones that we may do. And also, stay tuned because next week will be our finale for the Halloween extravaganza, our very last episode of the month. So get excited for that it's it's that one's gonna be a wild one Oof, i'm i'm uh i i i can hardly wait i'm, I'm honestly very excited i don't want to sound like, <laughs> like, like sir cat like 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 you don't want to sound like vincent price in these movies yes oh, i'm so, so excited to watch both of these movies unbearable. of course <laughs> john kenny i demand to listen to this now i really want to listen to it <laughs> that that's gonna wrap it up for our, our our party double feature uh check us out next week have a good party everyone Thank you all for listening to Two Dudes, One Double Feature. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Special shout-out, as always, to John and Kenny Armstrong. The radio drama has been spectacular. Thank you so much. You guys are amazing. And, of course, stay tuned next week for the final episode of our Halloween extravaganza. Stay tuned. in this house are glad we're here. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> ah, Joey! <laughs> <laughs> ah.